Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, the weekly news show that's uh, so dangerous we have to wait and start the YouTube live broadcast after we go through the really explosive stuff. But even the YouTube stuff is pretty explosive, too. I'm Kevin Barrett with John Shuck. He's a minister and radio host. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for having yeah. me on again. What an honor yeah, to be here. You're doing great stuff. JohnShuck.com is the place to go for all of that wonderful stuff. So let's do our obligatory disclaimers uh, so we can minimize the chance that we're going to be displatformed from, you know, 99.9% to 99.8%. This is over, you know, over a year or something. It's actually a little less than that week by week. So uh, <laughs> if you're disturbed by disturbing content, be disturbed. If you need a mental health, I mean, a medical health disclaimer, here it is. We're not doctors, medical doctors anyway. And uh, anything we say in terms of what you should be doing to cure your hemorrhoids, take it with a grain of salt. No, don't try to cure your hemorrhoids with a grain of salt. That wouldn't work. It sounds painful. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not doctors. I keep screaming this every week, even though the AMA keeps telling me I am a doctor and I have to send them like $75 to keep my whatever it is uh, up to date. So enough said. Disclaimers. Here we are at our, our weekly image. So that's an Anthony Frieda shut up or die image, uh, very nicely done. And they're trying to make us shut up and die. Uh, they took off PressTV.com. That's down. Uh, we keep getting harassed and semi deplatformed. And I, I got deplatformed to Patreon and yada, yada, yada. But here we are and keep us going. Give us a guaranteed basic income. It's merely $200 a week. And here we are. Uh, hey, wait a minute. The whole country is going to get a guaranteed basic income, uh, if they have children. Um, this is the new uh, child t- tax payment or whatever. All the Democrats are for it. All Republicans against it. So, John, what do you think? Are you in favor of guaranteed basic income for people with children and or for False Flag Weekly News? Uh, yeah. If you get the basic income, you have to transfer it immediately to False Flag Weekly News. There you uh, go. Yeah. Every child. Do not buy your child food, uh, clothing, medical care or education. <laughs> Send the money to False Flag Weekly News. Got that? Uh, my issue, I, I used to be one who was like for this kind of thing. And, and I've, I've turned, I've changed. I, I am, uh. You're, you're conservative. I know. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I've I kind of moved libertarian-ish, but I'm not, I'm not any of those things really, but I have changed. And I think, uh, this dependency is, is, is the key. I mean, they've made us dependent over these past decades on the government and, and that leads quickly to enslavement. So I expect that sooner than later, uh, the money from heaven will be tied to whether or not you have had your shots. Well, pretty much you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you've had the shot of the beast. I mean, the mark of the beast or whatever it is they're going to do with us, those beasts. Uh, anyway, the payments are starting in July. So those of you who actually are well enough off to easily feed and house yourselves and your kids are indeed welcome to help out with our fundraisers, which have been running just a little bit short lately, which is a worrisome trend. So uh, if people can help out with that, that would be Great. Uh, you've switched platforms too. People may not have caught up with all of that. Yeah, we keep being chased from one platform to another, but our, our False Flag Weekly News fundraisers are indeed on that fundraiser platform still, and uh, folks should be getting notifications all about right. that. And if you're not, sign up by writing to No Lies Radio at, uh, I, I'm sorry, False Flag Weekly News or FFWN rather, FFWN at NoLiesRadio.org, and you'll get on our list. And then we can hound you to turn over all of your guaranteed. <laughs> monthly income to false play weekly news. Okay, let's go to the, the vax and mask stories. These are the stories that are too hot for YouTube. So you're not watching this on YouTube. If you are, we're doomed. 
Okay, here we go. Now, there's there's our friend Tony Fauci, and we have a full court press against the fear mongers who don't like door to door vax campaigns. The White House is going ballistic. Um, and and on, the, on the other side of the aisle, Marjorie Taylor Greene has compared the door to door vaccine pushers to Nazis. The American Nazi Party immediately filed a defamation lawsuit against Green, saying that when Dr. Mengele sent people door to door to recruit subjects for medical experiments, at least he wasn't trying to mess with their genetic code. Um, John, what, what do you think about this pushback uh, and the pushback against the pushback? Bottom line, we're at war. Uh, we are at war, and the needle, in my opinion, is the bioweapon. And um, it's, it's being touted as this right-wing thing, you know, poor Trump, uh, 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 all about that. Uh, but it's really about people who actually are standing up, and everybody needs to do this. You stand up for the autonomy of your own body, and that is what's being threatened. And uh, I, I, I've got a lot to say about this needle, and um, it has nothing to do with health. And, um, and I, and I think this is a good example of now the government just, just blatantly in your face, uh, um, uh, in terms of invading your right, your privacy, um, informed consent, all of that. I totally agree about the obnoxiousness of this blitzkrieg of propaganda and the censorship forcing us to only listen to one side of the debate. And that situation makes me less and less uh, open to the Provax arguments. However, I hear those arguments. I hear them from our own producer right here, Alan. Um, I hear them from my family members who've gotten vaxxed and so on and so forth. I think we should be able to hear all sides of this uh, rather than have this insane Orwellian crackdown. I, I think it's backfiring, you know, when there's this kind of pressure to believe only one side of, of, of something, you know, to only go with the party line, that really raises a lot of folks' suspicions, and justifiably so. So here's uh, Alan's uh, public service announcement that 99% of COVID-19 hospital patients are unvaccinated. And, uh, of course, we're going to get into some Israeli data where it may be a little different over there by now. But in, in any case, uh, there I is, baloney. Yeah. I, I don't, so, so I don't, you don't, tr- you don't trust the statistics. Nope. I don't trust. I, no, not at all. I, I, I don't trust anything that's being uh, touted by the government uh, in regards to this. Um, it is just one smear story, one story after another. Uh, I, I think we're in big, big trouble. And these, and these lethal injection bioweapons are part of it. And this is, this kind of story is, Whatever. But Joe Biden says you're a fear monger, John. I know he does. And I, I think he's a puppet for oligarchs. So I don't think he represents the people of the United States either. So there's Joe. <laughs> well, he, he definitely is a puppet for oligarchs. We're not even going to have to debate that one. Uh, and uh, so they, but, but they're saying that actually these door to door guys are, are going to be trusted members of the community. Of course, the Stasi use trusted members of the community, too. So I don't know if that gets them off the hook. Um, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, oh, they're, they're not the government. They're, you're, they're the pastor, your local people. And it's like, well, of course, it's like census. The census is still a government action, none, even though it's taken care of by local volunteers or whatever. I mean, it's still a government door-to-door thing, no matter who does it on behalf of the government. Right. And, and even, you know, their excuse is that 99% of deaths are among the unvaxxed. They're saying... Um, however, if, if you actually look at the real numbers, uh, according to CDC right now, we're, we're seeing about 200 COVID deaths a week. And if it's indeed true that they're almost all unvaxxed, I can see why a reasonable person would actually side with this Biden thing. On the other hand, there are also, according to the VAERS reporting system, 500 deaths after COVID vaccines per week. 
So there are 200 COVID deaths per week, according to CDC, and 500 VAERS deaths, that is people who died after being vaccinated, although there's no proof that it's cause and effect. So 200 versus 500, take your choice. Um, that's not medical misinformation. That's actually the CDC numbers. Now, we won't get into which are reliable, the theirs or the others, and so on and so forth. But I, I think we should be allowed to look at all kinds of analyses of these numbers from all sides and make up our own minds. And frankly, John, even though I, I am very suspicious of vaccines in general, I, I don't, I think that the uh, medical establishment overestimates their benefits and underestimates their risks. At the same time, when these 80 year old people I know, including my own mother, go and get choose to get vaccinated. I'm not sure that's the wrong choice because unlike you, I'm really, I think it's extremely unlikely that these vaccines are lethal injections. And I would, you know, I, I would say 99.999 chance that they're not. Well, we'll have, we'll have to see on that. I, I, uh, even if they aren't, uh, the first two things are very important. One is the, one is this uh, censorship issue. Uh, and, and the other is the pushing of them, of, of the government yes, against yeah. our own personal freedoms and rights. Those right. two alone are enough, uh, to have mm-hmm. stopped this thing, thing. And, and there are reports of deaths is another thing. And it isn't just the VAERS. I mean, there are other people who are reporting more deaths. I mean, and, and I only anecdotally, my neighbor just telling me her 60 year old, uh, cousin, took the shot dead two weeks later. I mean, hmm. this is just, so, I mean, I, I, yeah, there's, and, and the very fact is that, uh, uh, from whatever the statistics are from CDC, this affects elderly people more than anyone with conditions already. It isn't for younger people. And those are the people who uh, will be having these, uh, more and more of these accidents. And I, and I'm not afraid to go with it with, uh, with a speculation. If it's being pushed and if we're being censored, and there's deaths associated with it. What is the future? And who's behind this stuff? Um, no, I don't trust these people one bit. And they certainly aren't going to put anything in my body. And the censorship is definitely getting worse. Uh, Joe Biden is now uh, saying they're killing people. You know, anybody who's saying the kinds of things you're saying right now, he's claiming that you're killing people. And so you need to be erased from social media, erased from the Internet, not allowed to have a voice. That sounds like a pretty obvious uh, major t- violation of First Amendment rights, as well as a great way to piss everybody off and make the people pushing the vaccines look even worse. So I, I think it's just incredibly stupid that they're doing this. But, you know, stupid politicians, that's pretty much par for the course. So what do we have in the next slide? CNN telling us that life needs to be hard for unvaccinated Americans. Um, we need to make sure that their spouses or significant others dump them and break their hearts. We need them to be shivering alone in the cold rain, eating out of dumpsters and singing the blues. I got the life is hard because I'm unvaccinated blues. I got the life is hard because I'm unvaccinated blues. From the intact, unneedled, punctured forearms, all the way down to the bottom of my shoes. So, yeah, life is hard if you're unvaccinated. That's what they want you to have to go. Uh, it will be hard. I wrote this over a year ago. In fact, uh Facebook, you know, they give you those little memories. We'd like to know, you know, little smiley faces all over. Uh, a memory from a year ago, and and it was my post that said, uh, "COVID is not about a killer virus; it's about a killer vaccine." Refuse, which is kind of ironic. So Facebook, you know, promoted me to put that post on. Nonetheless, I wrote that a year ago, June seventh. This is what I said then: If you do not want a vaccine, and you do not, you will need to connect with others like you, protect each other, support each other. Those who refuse the vaccine will have lives very difficult to live, if not impossible, without alternative ways to find food, shelter, travel, employment, and basic health care. 
Nothing the authorities and the media say is real. They're your enemy. Find your friends. COVID is not about a killer virus. It's about a killer vaccine. Refuse. And even as I wrote that back then, I wondered if I might be exaggerating. But as more and more stories come up, just like this one right here, um, showing exactly what's happening, I think these needle attacks are, in a sense, are the weapon of the day. Uh, and uh, anyway, and then this is... This is, this is what's happening. And, and the big thing is that we're going to have unvaccinated, uh, into whatever. It's going to be more and more segregated. It's going to be more and more, uh, we're bad people. Uh, we're we killers. Are horrible. We are need to be shut up and, and people won't care. Oh, they're the unvaxxed. They deserve whatever happens to them. I mean, this is a social experiment, um, that, uh, is gone crazy. And, and, and in my view, and I think it's 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 going to be really dangerous uh, within the next uh, year or so. Yeah, yeah. Calling calling them killers, erase them from the internet, uh, make their yeah. lives hard. I mean, that's that's sadistic. I mean, that, that's uh, really? that's really nasty. Um, okay. Well, the claim is from from the Biden camp that there are all of these false uh, stories floating around that are discouraging people from being vaccinated. So there's all this vaccine misinformation. They say. So how do you deal with that? The way they want to deal with that is, is make people's life hard, erase everybody from the Internet, shut you up and violate your First Amendment rights. That's not a good way to debunk misinformation. A better way is to actually write about it uh, lucidly and put out, this is what the people making this claim say, and here's why we shouldn't believe them. And that's precisely what happened here with this uh, Bill Sardi article at LewRockwell.com. And that do nano-sized graphene oxide particles in COVID vaccines plus 5G radiation cause COVID-19. And so he begins the article, here is the latest COVID-19 illusion that has gone viral on the Internet. He goes through it pretty fair-mindedly and with a, in, in reasonable detail, outlines the whole theory, and then argues that it falls flat upon upon careful examination since there was obviously COVID before there were vaccines and on and on and on and on and on. However, that's, there is, there are scientists who are saying that, that graphene oxide has promise as an adjuvant for vaccines. So they're thinking about using it in vaccines. And there are all these actually interesting items about how it might be used in various, uh, high tech <laughs> nefarious things. Um, but, uh, so, so this is, is really what we need is articles lucidly discussing these issues. And in this case, there's a highly improbable claim about graphene oxide that looks like it's been fairly effectively debunked. Would you or not, would you not agree with that, John? I agree completely with your first statement that this is the stuff that needs to be talked about and people need to write lucidly. And I think that's great. And, and, and that's a great opinion. I, I'm, I'm not really sure about this graphene oxide. I, I've, I've, I've heard other reports, uh, that people, uh, under the microscope in what this University of, uh, Spanish, uh, University of Almeria in Spain, uh, discovering that they, they felt what they saw was, uh, graphene oxide within the injections that themselves from Pfizer. So, um, I don't know. You know, I had a high school biology degree. That's all I got. That's all I have to be able to assess whatever claims are about all of this hocus pocus. But, you know, you do know when you're being bullied and when you're being pushed around. And and that's what's happening by our government and by um, all of the media oligarchs and by big tech and everything. Uh, that, that there is something that is going on, and I don't know if it's graphic. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I think we should read those reports and see. Um, it's very possible. And then I read further that uh, graphene, uh, this is from an article uh, way back in uh, 2019, October in High Tech or High Tech Magazine or Digital Tech, 
saying graphene is flexible and microscopic width to provide opportunities beyond mere consumer devices. It could be useful in biomedical research. Small machines and sensors could be made with graphene capable of moving easily and harmlessly through the human body, analyzing tissue, or even delivering drugs to specific areas. So they're thinking, what a wonderful thing this is, and it could very well be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we need we need to see that. What's, what's in these things? We need to see exactly what the report is from this university in Spain, and uh, maybe I, I haven't looked at that closely. So who knows? Maybe Bill Sardi is off. But this uh, at this point, I'm certainly not uh, particularly going to be spreading this around uh, because I don't think that it's it's really that much of an issue as of yet, based on what I've seen so far. In any case. Um, how about the real controversy here, which is are these vaccines wearing off? Now, John, uh, you probably don't agree with me here. I think the most likely reason why they're pushing the vaccine so hard is because COVID is uh, quite dangerous. It kills between 0.1% and 1% of the people who catch it. A lot more, they're old and infirm, and a lot less if they're not. And it's a bioweapon. It came from a U.S. bio attack on China and Iran. It was designed to destroy China's economy and to target the Iranian elites, as Ron Unz has shown. And we are now in an era of endemic biowarfare. And no nation's people are going to survive if they don't get used to being poked with needles constantly. So that's why I think they're pushing the vaccine, frankly. In any case, are the vaccines wearing off? Uh, yeah, it looks like that. Uh, data from it, from Israel is not conclusive according to this article, but uh, let's look at the next article where we get into the actual data from Israel, which is from Gilad Atzman, and what he finds is that the, he got two uh, data dumps out of Israel, and in one of them, the ratio of vaccinated to unvaccinated who are actually catching COVID is five to one, even though uh, there, the, there are like, it's about 60% of Israelis are vaccinated and 40% are five to one. It's the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated who are getting it. Uh, however, among deaths, 1% of vaccinated who catch COVID die eventually, whereas 2% of unvaccinated who catch COVID die. And yet, if the vaxxed are five times more likely to catch COVID than the unvaxxed, you're actually better off being unvaxxed according to that data. However, the next data dump, uh, seemed to show that there was very little difference between vaxxed and unvaxxed. Anyway, this, this data is raising questions about whether the vaccines accomplish anything like two or three months down the line. Yeah, I, I'm, I, that, there's a lot there to, to just to say. Uh, but first, I, I, and I, I, I hear your point of view and your point of view needs to be said and it needs to be out there and it needs not to be censored in any form. Um, and I think we have a half other points of view out there as well. I, I do not think these uh, vaccines are uh, something good. I think they are bad and I think they've been designed as bad. And I think um, they are part of, frankly, what I think is, is a depopulation plan. Uh, and uh, not only that, but the second is, is to, uh, corral and control the remaining population. Um, this manipulation, injecting everyone indiscriminately, regardless of what your health status is, of what your age is, and, and regardless of what even the CDC says the COVID is. Um, children, anybody under 60 has a minuscule chance of, of catching COVID, let alone dying from it. And then, no, um, no, that's wrong. They, they have a, a very high chance of catching it, but a very low chance of dying from it. That's what I mean. Okay. Thank you. That. So why would you take an injection? 
um, for, for that. And then they're pushing it, that on people indiscriminately. They want to uh, inject 7.775 billion people indiscriminately. What is that about? I, 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 I think it's far bigger than just uh, one country shooting off bioweapons uh, at another one, and then we're trying to protect ourselves. I, I, I don't see it that way. Um, and uh, But I believe you, my brother, and I think we need to continue to have this conversation. Okay, sounds good. So now we've reached the end of the medical misinformation segment. That is the segment in which we debate freely and fearlessly these kinds of medical issues and try to get at oh, the well, truth. I've got one more thing to say before you go there. Okay, I got okay. one more piece of medical misinformation. Okay. Stephen Lenman had a great article, by the way. Whistleblowers say flu COVID jabs already killed 50,000 Americans. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but we've got um, uh, the Dr. Uh, McCullough talking about this. That this is this is what's really going on. And in his terms, that's what's – so is his story real? Or is the mainstream story real? Is other stories real? We don't know what's real. And uh, I have to say I object a little bit about having to go into this uh, YouTube thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's terrible. I mean, it? I, 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 it goes against the very principles of free speech, and I can't promise I'm not going to say something. So you have to either mute my mic or put a big X on my face or something. Okay, well, here we are at the break, and I. so I think uh, our producer has just pushed the start YouTube button, and it may take a minute or something to kick in. So we're going to sit here, uh, as you can look at this wonderful Ron Unz article that we're about to talk about, and think about how wonderful it is that we figured out a way to have this debate and get it out there to you and speak totally freely for at least 10 minutes and then speak freely about everything that couldn't possibly be interpreted as medical misinformation by these idiot YouTube censors for the other 45, 50 minutes. And the only reason we can do that is because you wonderful viewers have been supporting false flag with news, which makes it uh, possible for me to devote a rather immense amount of time to digging through these stories, reading them, uh, lining them up, and then presenting them every single Saturday. So our fundraisers are the place to go to make sure that we can keep doing this as long as they let us. And so far, that that drone that I'm expecting hasn't shown up outside my window quite yet. So we're still here. Help us stay here. Uh, contribute to our fundraisers. Okay. Now, I bet with any luck, the YouTube section of the show is now uh, in progress. So let's get to these geopolitics articles. Uh, Ron Unz had his latest piece in his series of articles outlining what I think is by far the most probable and best supported uh, analysis of where COVID came from, which is a, uh, a pretty obvious uh, screw up in a U.S. bio attack on, uh, on Calm. Well, actually, it was it, it hit Wuhan first and then Calm. And the arguments for this just strike me as so unassailable. I just can't believe that the whole 300 million people in America haven't figured this out yet, but they haven't. And part of the reason is that the smoke, all sorts of smoke has been blown all over this. Uh, and I, and Ron here, where you may not agree with him on, on this part, John, you know, Ron thinks that a lot of these alternative COVID theories, like some of the things we've just been talking about are actually beneficial cognitive diversity spewed by the likes of Cass Sunstein to make sure that people don't notice that anybody with two synapses firing together based on publicly available, fully corroborated evidence knows that COVID is a bioweapon unleashed on the U.S. by the U.S. on China and Comb, and it bounced back. And so we need to string up the neocons that did this, the same people that did 9-11. I mean, how I don't know how anybody hasn't figured this out yet. Ah, all right. Uh, Ron Ons, I mean, you know, the world is being divided sharply 
Um, which one is the double agent, right? Which one is the dupe of Cass Sunstein's cognitive infiltration? Who is the one who's spreading the false theories? Is it the COVID, a bioweapon to attack China? Or is it the injection, the bioweapon to depopulate the planet? Never shall these people work together, right? Um, and so we're being divided. I've got friends on, on everything. I've had people on my radio show that have different view, you and another others. Um, you know, I, I don't know what this is. I, I think it's bigger, far bigger than just geopolitics. Um, uh, but I, I would agree that, yeah, countries send these bioweapons all over the place. And I'm sure they attacked Iran and I'm sure they probably shoot one at China. They're probably shooting another one out there. But I, I think ultimately this whole thing is the scam and it isn't the COVID that killed people in the United States or wherever. It's the responses to it, in my opinion, and what I've seen, uh, in terms of, of, of the data. So I, uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what to say about all that. I, okay. I'm following him, but there you go. Okay. Well, uh, I, 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 to- I have looked at the excess deaths data as closely as possible using very skeptical truther type, uh, people who are good quantitative folks, uh, like Josh Middeldorf. And you cannot possibly get lower, no matter how you twist the data, than maybe 350,000 excess deaths in the U.S. in 2020, deaths that shouldn't have happened. And if you break down how they could have happened, the only thing you can really get is uh, all these people uh, dying who, who show up in the hospital with low oxygen levels and all, all these other classic COVID symptoms. They're blue, but they're smiling because they've got this cytokine storm causing their oxygen levels to be down. And that has killed at least 350,000, probably closer to three quarters of a million in 2020. Uh, that's not only according to the data, but according to everything I'm hearing from everybody I know in the medical profession who's treated and watched these people die. Now, I'm not saying that it's as simple as that. Uh, I am. I do know the one person I know is hospitalized for COVID was fully vaccinated. Uh, but I also have friends like Eric Beeth in Brussels, Belgium, who's treated large numbers of these people who are showing up with these oxygen levels dropping down to the level that has just killed more than half a million Americans. Anyway, we're not supposed to talk. We're not supposed to debate this issue right now because we're on YouTube and freaking YouTube won't even let us have an that honest debate. Say, of it. That should say something to us right there. It um, absolutely should. But let, let's talk about the geopolitics here, John. We're in a war with China, either right now or within a few years. It's a it's a done deal. At virtually every time an, a rising number two power challenges a number one power, uh, where there's a world war, and it's always a preemptive war by the number one power. So just without even COVID, in you know, go back to 2015. Anybody who knows the first thing about geopolitics 101 could have told you there would be a U.S. bioattack on China designed to stop the rise in their economy. If you if you could have bet a million dollars on that in 2015, it's going to happen within a decade. Uh, you you had to. I mean, if anybody and, and who knows history had to. And that's true. And that could have. And, and that happened. And, and I'm going to. It's, it's going to happen again. It does not mean, however, that what has happened on top of that is because of that. Um, and that's the responses. And and in these 300,000 deaths, we don't know really what people died from. They have all kinds of comorbidities. Uh, we don't we don't know. We aren't even told. We're just told that the fear, 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 fear. We're never actually given actual numbers of who people are, what it's about, and 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 things like that. I I don't trust it. And I trust ultimately that it's this response. That is designed, this whole enslavement kind of thing with this masking and this injecting you with a needle door to door 
Man, that is the fight uh, to me. Well, well that's um, wartime, John. In wartime, you give up your liberties, and we're heading into wartime, and they're making sure that we have no liberties because it's like, like in World War II. If you didn't like World War II, you're go, you go to prison. If you didn't like World War One, you go to prison. You know, we had Eugene Debs ran for president from prison because he simply said, I don't think the U.S. should be involved in this war. Boom, he's in prison. There are no rights during wartime. And we know that we're heading into World War Three with China, right? U.S. preemptive attack on the number two rising challenger. It's a done deal. And this article by Michael Clear makes that point. And it's and we're all the American people are being confused, dumbed down and intentionally not educated with geopolitics 101 that they should be getting in sixth grade. Michael Clare's article here is a good remedial <laughs> bit of sixth grade education for folks who don't know this stuff. Yeah. And he says 2026, it might be sooner than that. Well, he says that. Yeah. He's, he thinks he's being optimistic saying it's only 2026 when this blows up. Uh, it could blow up next year. China says they own Taiwan. Taiwan has all the semiconductor factories and the, you know, the, 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 the envelope for, for having this war closes quickly. The window closes quickly because the U.S. is already in a point where it can't really win much of a war. So that's why it's, it's doing uh, bio attacks on China's economy. In any case, uh, I think people are missing, missing. Is that, is that, and this is very interesting though, that, that we are being, we are being attacked with all of the masks and all the muzzles and all our rights being taken away and all of our production down, our economy being contracted so that we will be better soldiers, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Against, in, in World War III. Yeah, the minute well. they push the button right. and say China did it, this is all China's fault, attack China. Everybody's going along with it. The, the people on the left have now been brainwashed to just salute, 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 salute Biden and march, salute Biden and march. That's all the people on the so-called left, which is where the peaceniks are supposed to be. That's all they ever do. And the people on the right, the so-called Trumpies, have been buried in all this BS about all this these idiot COVID theories. I'm sorry to say, and uh, and 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 they've also been brainwashed with Trump yammering about, oh, it's all China's fault. So the people on the right. Uh, who tend to resist the needle and resist the mask and stuff, those people have been ready to go to war with China over this from day one because Trump blamed China and they all believed it. So the whole country is now ready to march off to war with China. That's what this is all about. That's all this was ever all about. Okay. This is good. I'm going to have to think about this. I'm going to have to think about this some more. Okay, so big tech censorship. Of course, you can't have a free Internet if you're fighting the next world war. So the White House is flagging problematic posts, uh, which obviously violates the First Amendment. But you can do that stuff in wartime. And we're on the brink of war. We're fighting. We're in the middle of the war. It's just it's at the deniable stage right now. And this is so blatantly unconstitutional, isn't it? I mean, they say that big tech companies can censor because they're private companies. But the White House is telling him what to censor. Yeah, this is the news. I mean, how how Orwellian is this? Quote, misinformation takes away our freedom to make informed decisions about our health and the health of our loved ones, Murthy said at the White House. During just the COVID-19 pandemic, it's led to Americans refusing to wear masks, turn down proven treatments, and choosing not to get vaccinated, which he said costs lives. I mean, <laughs> they're saying that the only way you can be free is if we take away your freedoms, especially the freedom of speech. Where have we heard that before? Uh, so if the White House can flag medical misinformation, does that apply to posts about Hunter Biden getting treated for cocaine addiction and laptop dementia? Uh, we'll find out next week on False Flag Weekly News. So uh, don't laugh off Trump's lawsuits against big tech. The Supreme Court door is open. This was an interesting piece from this Rosenfeld guy, a lawyer, civil liberties lawyer at Sacramento. 
And just as Clarence Thomas has actually written that the tech giants are akin to common carriers and public accommodations. So just like I wrote in that piece that you quoted, John, in your letter to the editor of the Billings Gazette, uh, the uh, Internet platforms are like the phone company. They're not supposed to spy on people and they're not supposed to censor people. So maybe uh, Trump and his Trumpy Supreme Court will support uh, that notion. But frankly, I'm a little bit skeptical. How about you? Well, Trump should have done it when he was president. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and it's, he's the wrong guy to have. The, he's he's right. The article, what did it say? Uh, semi-esoteric that Trump's lawyers are saying that the Congress has impermissibly delegated the regulation of speech to private companies who, through joint state action, have become de facto government censors. I don't think that's semi-esoteric. I think that's probably correct. Um, and these platforms act like publishers, but they want platform status. I mean, and uh, it's, it's just that Trump is the wrong guy because he's the foil for everything you attack, uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, the people who represent him. We need but we need. Yeah, we need to have more people taking down uh, these social media companies. OK, well, I'm, I'm with Trump on that one. Yeah. Um, and then how about the World Economic Forum? We keep getting back to them. They've been in the headlines, at least in the alternative media a lot lately. And here's a, here's a piece from Whitney Webb on the upshot of the latest uh, simulated cyber attack that they just had on July 9th, I think it was, um, and pointing out that these kinds of simulations will provide the perfect scenario for dismantling the current failing financial system. And by absolving the banks of responsibility for the meltdown that's happening anyway. So if you blame it on the cyber hackers causing an economic meltdown, then banks get off the hook and they can reset their financial system. Um, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's a great article by Whitney Webb. And, and in our very near future, it says, quote, this report will show there's a related push by WEF partners to tackle cyber crime that seeks to end privacy and the potential for anonymity on the Internet in general by linking government-issued IDs to internet access. Such a policy would allow governments to surveil every piece of online content accessed, as well as every post or comment authored by each citizen, supposedly to ensure that no citizen can engage in criminal activity online. I mean, this is, this is a ultimate spy effort, uh, uh, sweeping across, uh, uh, across all of us. And one way to beat that, of course, is to get off the Internet and into the real world. And that's what some of the Q followers are doing, according to Wired Magazine, which is not exactly a, a reliable source for their slant on this. But I am glad to hear that people are getting offline and talking to their neighbors in person. And, of course, Wired Magazine is panicking about this, not only because they're big on wired communication, but, of course, because now they can't censor you anymore. If they, if you're not on the Internet and available to be spied on and censored, if you're talking to your neighbors, it's much harder to uh, surveil you and censor you. So to me, this is actually good news. And I know there's there's a big uh, Robert David Steele group meeting in Lexington, Kentucky, coming up on, I think, Monday. Uh, and there are all these kinds of meetings happening all over the country. That's pretty interesting and potentially subversive. I wonder how the authorities will deal with that. Yeah, I didn't like this article by Wired. Way too many assumptions. Um, you know, there are people who are defending human rights. There are people who are standing up for bodily autonomy and our free speech, our freedom to assemble, our freedom to worship. And all of these are being dumped very strategically, uh, very cynically by the media, by the government as QAnon supporters and Trump supporters and, and right-wing weirdos and all of that kind of stuff. And that is what is, is happening. However, on the other hand, I think people are starting to realize that, yes, 
hey, this this thing is coming at us, and we do need to secede uh, from our institutions. We need to economically and socially be connected in the real world because we're going to need to support each other. Because when people start losing their jobs because they're not going to take the needle or whatever the thing is, uh, they got to get together, and that's happening. It's happening right now. Okay, and if you get to know your neighbors, you'll also be in a better position if there's a collapse. And mm-hmm. MIT said there would be one coming up maybe in a decade or two from now. They made that prediction in 1972, and a new follow-up study published in the Yale Journal of Industrial Ecology says that that's exactly right, that we will see a halt and then decline in growth, leading to catastrophic conditions in a decade to two decades from now. So collapses right on schedule. That's reassuring, isn't it? Well, you know, it was the late Michael Rupert who uh, connected uh, 9-11 and peak oil for me. Yeah. And uh, it, it's true. You know, it, there are limits to growth. And this was happening. We've been talking about this. Many of us have talked for a long time that we're crashing our limits. We use uh, we have one planet and we use four planets of resources. The United States is 25 percent of America's oil. This is going to end. It's going to peak and it's going to be catastrophic. And and many people were thinking it's right about now is a good time. Uh, for this to happen when we start feeling the effects. Longs come, this health scare scandal, and suddenly the economy is contracted. Um, we, this is, we are in the midst of collapse right now. We're just being smoke screened into having the oligarchs, you know, want to do it in their favor. But, you know, we were headed for this. It's just, you know, being led right now by people who do not have people's interests in mind. And then you've got the other thing about these two superpowers of China and the United States. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're headed for it. Right. And once growth declines, then you get wars for the shrinking resources. So, yeah, it looks it looks pretty bad. I, I think we need to put anti-war activism on the front burner here. Um, again, that's just my opinion. And I'm glad I can still say that on YouTube, or at least I think I can. For all I know, they already cut us off. But anyway, uh, the huge and growing gap between rich and poor is contributing, of course, to the instability that's fueling collapse. And in this Counterpunch article, we see a bunch of graphs showing that as the rich have gotten massively richer, their taxes have gotten massively lower, and the two are obviously connected. Well, I don't think this is going to stop with Biden's tax plan. I mean, uh, I don't, Biden is on no one side except his oligarch pals. And and the 0.01% not only control America's wealth, but the world's wealth. And the future, says Klaus Schwab, I know that uh, Ronans doesn't think much of uh, thinking about him, and he is just a puppet figurehead. He's just the political face of the World Economic Forum, who they say, in the future, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, the point, oh, one percent will own everything and they will think they're happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They, they want everybody but their close friends uh, to own nothing and be happy. All right. Well, uh, more uh, bizarre conspiracy theories. You, I mean, you have to really be a coincidence theorist here, I suppose, some would say, to wonder uh, or to not wonder why the three presidents that died recently are all uh, anti-vaxxers. Uh, in Burundi, it was Pierre Nkun Raziza. In Tanzania, it was John Magafuli. And in Haiti, it was uh, Hovindel Moise. And I don't know. I mean, it might be partly coincidence, but maybe two out of three are coincidence, but not the other one. I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I think the article said, what are the odds of these three particular men all dying in office? The only thing they have in common is that they refuse to accept uh, the vaccine for their countries. I mean, it's certainly something to look at. It doesn't prove anything. But again, a lot of coincidences, coincidences just happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't like the source of this article, which is Hal Turner, who's apparently uh, he's like a convicted uh, FBI informant or proved in court to be an FBI informant. 
but even though I don't like the source, I have to admit that he has a point. Yeah, that's an mm-hmm. interesting coincidence. Uh, three three presidents, and they all were anti-vaxxers. Speaking of Moise uh, getting knocked off, uh, here's an article from Mint Press pointing out that the two Americans and 26 Colombians who killed him, that hit squad was working for the Bulos and Vorbe families, the richest families in Haiti that always work with uh, the American oligarchy and the CIA. So that's not much of a surprise, really. No. And that, and that certainly doesn't still go against the, the, the previous article, um, mm-hmm. that these guys, you know, were, were, were more reasons than one, but that certainly could have been one of them. That might have been the, yeah, the, the when, when these presidents get off script in any way, you know, and especially yeah. if they get off script in multiple ways, then their life expectancy seems to shorten dramatically. Speaking of presidents uh, getting off script and losing life expectancy, how about JFK? Oliver Stone. Uh, here is doing he's inter- interviews on his latest JFK documentary, which I haven't seen yet, but uh, he makes some good points, including that the JFK assassination was a warning to other people, especially the presidents who succeeded Kennedy, not to cross the line. And I, Bill Hicks did a great comedy routine on that. Unfortunately, it may be a good joke, but it's unfortunately also all too true. Question is what line and who, and who, who drew the line? Uh, I, I think it was because, uh, JFK opposed Israel's nukes. Yeah, exactly. And Oliver Stone won't go that far. And his, his producer for his JFK film was Arnon Milchan. Arnon Milchan is the biggest smuggler of American nuclear weapons to Israel, biggest criminal Israeli spy stealing American nuclear weapons for Israel that's ever existed. Just as Jack Rubenstein, uh, was the yeah. hitman for Mickey Cohen, the biggest fundraiser for Israel who ever existed. And nobody tells you that, including Oliver Stone. You got to read people like Lauren Guyano, Ron Unz, and, and others to peel back that layer of the onion. Anyway, how about the war on Trump? They're at, you know, they were at war with Kennedy. They were at war with these three presidents around the world, including Moise. And there's a war on Trump. Well, maybe, maybe not. And it's hard to tell who the, who the good guy is in this war. In any case, we know who the bad guys are, including the American Stasi. The FBI wants family members to ride each other out for extremism. So, viewers, if anyone in your family starts wearing uh, red, white, and blue uh, face paint and covering their body in tattoos and pulling on bison headdresses, please call the Department of Homeland Security hotline at 1-666-666-6666. Don't wrap me up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the story isn't about really a war on Trump, but it is a war on Americans and white conservatives are the enemy in this fake drama. And, and that they, they, you will find that again and again, article after article from different kinds of things, demonizing white evangelicals, uh, demonizing white conservatives, uh, putting everybody together in one, in one camp. And it isn't that a lot of people don't deserve the kind of the stupidity saying a lot of dumb things but nonetheless this is this is a targeted attack on just a particular group of people um in order to divide in order to divide us uh to report us uh because many of the people who are in you know who voted for Donald Trump also like to have their guns and uh as Biden said oh, we got nukes for you well what is what was that that was a threat um so i mean this this kind of thing i mean there he's Someone said, I read an article recently that this is, I can't cite it right now, but this idea of continually um, getting people riled up, that they're, they're waiting for more white conservatives to do something dumb. 
to make some more kinds of attacks that they then they can really uh, come down and crack down again on on America. And that's what this January 6th thing was. It was it was fake as far as I can see, but it was continually to made into excuses for to obviously crack down on all of our freedoms and to demonize these people. Well, we've been talking about evil, devious plots against presidents, killing off various world presidents, the uh, killing off of Kennedy, and then this war on Trump and his supporters. But how about a devious plot for a president, which would be the Russian devious plot, where Putin and his spy chiefs and senior ministers all were president as re- present, as recorded in secret document number 3204-VD, in which they concluded, this was back in, what, 2016, Quote, it is acutely necessary to use all possible force to facilitate Trump's election to the post of U.S. president. So we've got the smoking gun. It really was a Russian plot. Uh, Trump was a Russian agent. Hmm. I, I'm not going to accept that uh, 100% uh, right now based on the assertions of the mainstream media reporting this alleged Russian document. But it's not impossible. If I were the Russians, I would have actually wanted to put Trump in office. So, you know, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily true or untrue, but it's interesting. What do you think, John? Yeah, it's back, you know, it's the whole, the Russia, Russia, Russia thing that, that, that wasted that whole, that whole time spending time going after, uh, all, all of that stuff that uh, all of the emails and everything and all of that supposed hack and which was really basically an inside steal. It sounded like to me. Yeah. I, I think. This- <laughs> yeah. Oh, and along the same lines, uh, we just got more information from Joint Chiefs Chair Mark Milley that Trump tried to lay the groundwork for a coup, uh, an American Reichstag fire. So I guess, you know, Trump said, uh, burn the Reichstag. And Mark Milley said, but sir, we don't have a Reichstag. And Trump said, well, then build one and make sure it's flammable. Uh, no, but seriously, folks, uh, Milley is saying that Trump wanted to start a war with Iran. And that's the next slide. Uh, actually, it was Netanyahu that wanted uh, Trump to attack Iran and start a war. Trump wanted to do an attack, hoping it wouldn't start a war. And Milley and his friends made sure Trump understood that it would start a war. And that was why Netanyahu wanted him to do it. So Trump didn't attack Iran and start a war. Hmm. That's one account of history. <laughs> is, it, is that credible? No. I, this okay. is all garbage. I mean, um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what the whole point of this is. I, 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 I mean, I, attack Trump. I don't know. What's the point? And, and supporting this article, according to Milley, uh, Prent, Pence, strongly pushed for attacking Iran. And when the Joint Chiefs asked him why, there's obviously no military purpose for this or U.S. US national interest, Pence answered, because they're evil. To me, that and much, a lot of this other this stuff actually rings true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, well, he didn't. So, I mean, I, I just think that, um, yeah, a lot of this is after the fact stuff, you know, about Trump, again, as a cipher for the supporters of Trump, for the supporters, and not only just the supporters of Trump, but linking everybody who is against what um, these lockdowns and the injections <laughs> and all of this stuff are, linking this all together. I think I think that's what the – I'm trying to think what's the bottom line of these articles that we keep coming up here about this. And I, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's about discrediting anybody who goes against what the current government of the United States is saying as crazy Trump supporters and right-wing uh, weirdos, and it's okay if we deny them their rights, make life uncomfortable for them. Well, I agree. I think they're they're corralling uh, dissidents yeah. into the Trump supporter camp, but they're doing that intentionally 
And we have to remember that, that the Trump, well, Trump signed off on murdering Soleimani and nearly starting World War III through a big war with Iran. And uh, the Trump administration attacked Wuhan and Qom with biological weapons. Uh, Trump appointed the worst neocons, worse than Bush's neocons, people like Pompeo and Bolton. So, I mean, anybody, you know, anybody who's been corralled into the, the Trump camp is not paying attention, to say the least. And since anti-war activism is where it's really at, um, I don't think that Trump, with his insane anti-China, anti-Iran neocons, were, yeah, they're owned by the Russian mafia, the same Russian mafia that has some influence with Putin. I mean, there's also there's a lot of truth to these criticisms of Trump, John. Okay, I agreed. Okay, so how about uh, presidential heartbreaks? We've seen Trump's heartbreak of losing the presidency and, and JFK and Moise and stuff. So here's a new presidential heartbreak. George W. Bush says that the Afghan withdrawal breaks his heart. Um, it, it breaks his heart that the Taliban is threatening to shut down the CIA's heroin pipeline again. And so Bush is now singing, since Afghanistan left me, I've found a new place to dwell. Here on the end of 666 Lonely Street in Houston, Texas, Heartbreak Hotel. And he's feeling so lonely, baby, he could die. And we all wish he would. And share a cell in hell with Donald Rumsfeld. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what can you say about Bush being heartbroken over the U.S. getting its rear end handed to it by the Taliban? Now, that article made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> No, yeah, just, I, yeah. I, I can't, you know, there is just part of the redemption of George W. Bush, right? This is part of the media nonsense of painting him, give, give a little piece of candy to Michelle Obama. Aren't they all just lovely people? And they are all mass murderers all the way back. It's an illegitimate government all the way back, at least through uh, LBJ. And, and the very fact that none of these people have ever come clean on this. We live in a state of people who are our enemies. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I, that's it. I mean, this yep. is, and it's, and we're constantly being, uh, brainwashed by this media trying to make these evil people into something lovable. And it's, it's just, uh, it, it, it should make everybody vomit. Yeah. George, George, the Bush family being heartbroken, uh, over the suffering. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I agree, John. I mean, uh, I don't know if it would be medical misinformation to say that if your blood pressure is too low, just, you know, <laughs> look at these news stories that we cover. Right, and, and I, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is not, this is not better. I'm coming home, Elizabeth. I'm coming home. <laughs> so anyway, there is some good news in the world, such as the persistence of the axis of resistance. Here's Said uh, Nasrin Hezbollah, Said Hasran Nasrallah of Hezbollah. Um, saying that Hezbollah and the Boy Scouts have the same motto, which is be prepared. And they are prepared because the Zionists are planning to destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque and put up a blood sacrifice temple where they will inaugurate the reign of their Messiah, uh, otherwise known as the Beast or the Antichrist. And when they do that, uh, the axis of resistance is ready. And in fact, by being prepared, they're hoping they can dissuade the Zionists from doing that. So, hey, uh, here's a shout-out to Hassan Nasrallah and the rest of the Axis of Resistance. I do. I do like uh, Sayed Hassan Nasrallah. And, uh, and, and, and you're right. Deterrence is the point of a statement. It isn't necessarily prepare for it. It's this. When the Zionists, he said, become convinced, and they are now convinced, that threatening the Holy City and threatening the Muslim and Christian sanctities in the Holy City will lead to a regional war, 
they will reconsider the situation and count to one million before taking any such steps. The mere launching or announcing of this equation is capable of imposing certain rules of deterrence. And that's what's the point. That's just, he's, he's always about, ultimately, at the end of the day, this is what's going to happen. It's about deterrence. We don't want you to do that. It's not that we're going to go and terrorize and, ta- and start the wars, as the wars have been started by Israel. And this axis of resistance is resisting a deranged cult, in fact, a number of deranged cults. There's this deranged cult of Zionism, the cult of people who want to create a Jewish state in Palestine, meaning they have to commit genocide against the people of Palestine and cultural genocide, including the genocide, uh, genocidal erasure of religious sites. But then there's also this other deranged cult, which is the MEK, otherwise known as the MKO, run by these uh, people who are crazier than Charlie Manson, and yet they're totally supported by the Western powers in their terror attacks that have killed 17,000 Iranian civilians over the past few decades. Um, so, yeah, you gotta, you got to resist those crazy terror cults, I guess. Yeah, and another quote from the article, it says, The pro-Mech boosterism also shows that there are far too many people in and around our government, the United States, that will make common cause with absolutely anyone if they're in favor of regime change in Iran. And that, in turn, is a measure of just how irrational our government's fixation on Iran is. Well, it's it's, it's, it's irrational even in being completely non-strategic because everybody yeah. in Iran hates the MEK. This is like if, you know, it's like ISIS here. You know, there's basically nobody likes ISIS in the United States and, and you know, or even Al-Qaeda, right? So uh, if if you want to win brownie points in Iran and try and convince the people of Iran to do what you want them to do, you shouldn't be waving the MEK over their heads. And this is insane. But what else is new? There's insanity in the world, and we are run by by crazy uh, people, by psychopaths. And the high places are infested with psychopaths and Zionists, and not necessarily mutually exclusive categories. Cornell West just had to resign from Harvard because Harvard is a nest of Zionist vipers, and they made his life miserable with passive aggression. They cut his salary, wouldn't give him tenure, and so on, because he stands up for the Palestinians. And, as we see in the next slide, he has even stood up for 9-11 Truth. He came to the Million Muslim March that I helped organize, which didn't really get a million Muslims there. It was uh, it was kind of a media provocation to get Fox News to cover us, which they did. Uh, and, and Cornell West actually showed up there and came out of the closet as a 9-11 truther. No wonder Harvard doesn't like it. Yeah, he came out of the closet, kind of. Uh, I mean, but you question 9-11, your career ends. I mean, that's 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 the end of the story. Well, he, he, he said it and said he said it in a way that was sort of quasi-deniable, but he never denied it. So I, yeah. I give him some points for that. I mean, he's one of the braver careerist public intellectuals out there. True. And now that he's been left Harvard, Harvard he can come out completely. Yeah, uh, hey, man, maybe come on my radio show, Cor- Cornell. Maybe you actually, you know, I, I had his phone number. I should see if I can still, I don't, I think I lost it, but MD Allen has it. So, uh, maybe I can get him on the show and have him actually come right out and, and say it. Uh, that, that would teach Larry Summers a lesson. <laughs> so, uh, how about, uh, Israeli settlements being war crimes? Yeah, we all know that, but it isn't that often that the United Nations Special Rapporteur comes out and says it, although I think Richard Falk, when he had that job, said it a few times. Richard Falk is another eminent uh, person who's come on my radio show and spoken out eloquently for 9-11 Truth. The new uh, human rights rapporteur, after the Zionists finally got rid of Falk, this latest person now is calling uh, Jewish settlements war crimes, which, of course, they are. Um, so that's good. And, and, and speaking of people waking up and saying, you know, speaking the truth. How about this next story, John? Uh, a quarter of American Jews 
say that Israel is an, a genocidal apartheid state. Um, that means that, unfortunately, three-quarters of Jews are guilty of Palestinian Holocaust denial. Uh, but the fact that one out of four American Jews is not guilty of Palestinian Holocaust denial is definitely a step in the right direction, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, as, as, as I said uh, in the article, a lot of people come to college with a very simplistic perspective on the conflict. And then when they try to figure out the truth, they tend to end up with more pro-Palestinian views. I don't know if it's going to college. It could be. But once you, the more you're educated about what's really going on, then the more you are uh, going to, at least your conscience is going to tell you, <laughs> hey, uh, you've got a problem here. And uh, and so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what to say about 25 percent. I was kind of hoping it was more than that. Well, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, as I just suggested, uh, 25% is really, it's too low. On the other hand, if you polled all the different ethnic groups in the United States on this and asked them if do they think Israel is a genocidal apartheid state, I bet you wouldn't get up to 25% for most of them. You might with, with like, you know, Palestinians and, and maybe, you know, Muslims, but most groups it would be lower. So actually, Jewish Americans are pretty high up on the list of American ethnic groups that actually recognize the truth about this. So let's give them some credit and let's say we shouldn't be down on Jews universally. That Jews like everybody else have all, they're all individuals and all have different perspectives. And uh, four Jews walking down the street, one of them recognizes that Israel is a genocidal apartheid state. So, uh, you know, let's hope that's the guy that you uh, yeah, run into point. at the I coffee mean, house. If they polled white evangelical Christians, it might not be one out of four. It'd, it'd be like 0.25%. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, shout out to my Jewish brothers and sisters. Keep up the All good right. work. Maybe we'll get up to 50%, 75%, and eventually 100%, and then we can stop the genocide. Uh, how about, speaking of the genocidal Zionist entity, how about Mosaot? We have one more uh, uh, anti-Semitism story from the forward, uh, suggesting the American Jewish community is going forward, actually, as their name suggests, because they're actually publishing the story, <laughs> pointing out that this anti-Semitism panic coming out of L.A. Sushi was, looks like a lot of BS. And in fact, uh, it looks like the people, the, the people who said it was anti-Semitic lied about it. It looks like uh, what happened was that these, uh, this group, this Armenian guy, an Armenian Zionist hanging out with his Zionist Jewish friends saw these Palestinian protesters going by and started throwing bottles into their van and smashing bottles against them. And so then those guys ju- jumped out to defend themselves and join the Malay. Anyway, it was not, had nothing to do with anti-Semitism. Yeah, I guess they'll find out if they've got some videos to show show some things. I mean, the video they did show was the other side of the story, um, and but now they've got uh, some possible other videos to show. Yeah, the lawyer making the claim. I think it's a yeah, could be another uh, what? What do you call that? False flag of some kind. Yeah, it seems like so many of these anti-Semitism scares are, are false flags. Like when it turned out that it was Michael Kadar, an Israeli-American young man who was terrorizing the entire American Jewish community by sending in bomb threats and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then Trump, remember that? Trump said that he thought it might be a false flag. And then the whole media called Trump anti-Semitic and a new Hitler for saying that. And then like a week later, it turned out it really was uh, Michael Kadar, whose uncle Mordecai Kadar, is one of the most notorious uh, ultra-genocidal, super-racist extremist Likudnik Zionists in the Shin Bet Secret Service in Morocco, who is probably directing his nephew Michael as Michael used 
really advanced Unit 8200 type internet skills to terrorize the entire American Jewish community into thinking there was a horrific wave of anti-Semitism targeting them, and it was all coming out of Israel and Michael and Mordecai Kadar. And so incident after incident turns out like this. Yeah, yeah. So anti-Semitism, there eventually there may, may be some if, if Israel keeps doing what it's doing, but at this point it's 99% hoax. Uh, let's move to the Mossad tech category. We're almost at the end of the show here. Um, so here's this Israeli spyware firm that it's called Candiru, and it's making fake human rights websites in order to get people to click. And once that you've clicked, then they uh, insert untraceable spyware that can infect and monitor computers and phones. Uh, so who knows if they've tried to do that to us. I don't click on uh, dubious-looking human rights groups in emails. How about you? <laughs> I, who know you can click on anything. I mean, you know, we have no idea how much we're being followed yeah. and surveilled already. Um, you know, this once, once it gets into an article like this, um, that doesn't, you know, they could be far ahead, uh, regarding this. I mean, here's the deal. The malware could enable persistent access to essentially everything on your computer, potentially allowing governments to steal passwords and documents or turn on a microphone to spy on a victim's surroundings. I mean, yeah, uh, Mossad is the expert at deception. They are. And we got proof of that in Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, interview with Judge Roy Moore. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty funny. So he, I, I, Roy I Moore. Yeah, I'd hate to laugh at this guy, but geez, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. So Roy, Roy Moore here is, is the, uh, the Trump supporting Alabama politician who got hoaxed by Sasha Baron Cohen. And as we see in the next slide, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen posed as an Israeli terror expert, showing that Israeli terror experts can wrap uh, Christian Zionist types around their little oh, yeah. finger. He was testing out a unit 8200 pedophile detector on Roy Moore and uh, waved it over him and uh, it started beeping. But now uh, apparently Roy Moore is suing, uh, claiming that, like the, that the detection, he said Roy Moore's lawsuit claimed that the pedophile detection unit was faulty because it should have beeped much louder when Sacha Baron Cohen waved it over his crotch. Um, no, just kidding. That part I made up. But, but seriously, you got to watch this. This is, this is uh, pretty funny. And, you know, I, I have a lot to say about Sacha Baron Cohen too much for the short time that we have right now. Um, you can argue that he's perpetrating anti-Semitic tropes. You can say all kinds of other things. One thing that you can't argue with is that he's pretty funny sometimes. He is pretty funny. And, and George, the judge there, Manny, uh, what a dupe. And then, and then trying to sue, uh, for 95, you know, as how can you possibly think that's going to work? I mean, he's a well, it got him more publicity and made him look even stupider. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Ron Moore. Oh boy. Um, so not only does unit 8200, manufacture incredible pedophile detection devices, but they also have uh, dog poop detection devices. They're snooping in the dog poop, um, and and I guess they're looking for COVID spike protein fragments to make sure that the dogs are not uh, shitting, I mean, shedding spike proteins. Really, I shed you not. Okay, we're at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> I want the job. I want that job to go in through the dog poop and find the DNA. There you go. Uh, well, they probably have a position open, but you probably have to be, uh, have a Jewish mother or a conversion certificate from a rabbi to move to Israel, get your citizenship and get hired on as a dog poop spike protein, protein detector for unit 8200. So if we don't raise our full $200 quota for false flag weekly news by next week, that's what I'm going to have to do. Now that's a threat. <laughs> and if this technology is successful, just think of all the possibilities. The government has access to everyone's DNA and the DNA of everyone's pet. We'll keep you safe and the poop off the streets. I feel so much safer and secure knowing that, John. Well, thank you so much, John Shuck. Always fun doing the show with you.
It is fun. Great. Thanks for, for being here. Okay. Thanks to Alan, the producer, and our viewers and supporters. And God willing, see you all next week.